Kenny Pickett's the guy for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What does it mean right now? One, for training camp coming up with Mitch Trubisky. Two, what are the positives? What are the negatives? If you're a person who didn't study Kenny Pickett, this show's for you. We're going to break it all down and get you ready for who the Steelers could be looking at on day two. I'm Chris Carter, host of the Locked On Steelers podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hit the like button on this video. Hit the subscribe button on this on, the, on our channel to get all of our daily content because we're breaking down Kenny Pickett here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm sorry. It is 5.40 in the morning as I record this. I've been working all night to get all the coverage aspects done, but we're here, so I'm going to have fun with it. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're not watching on YouTube, if you're listening, I just took off two pairs of glasses at the same time, or actually individually afterwards. But let's talk about this. Now, I did my short video, just live reaction, literally within about 10 minutes of the selection being known. Crazy, insane, Didn't I didn't see this coming. I'm not going to pretend like I knew this was going to happen. I'm not going to try to like, oh, yeah, sort of. No, uh-uh. I'm out. I thought there was a possibility of Malik Willis. I never thought they were taking Kenny Pickett. And that's not a that's not an indictment of Kenny Pickett. I just thought with the way the Steelers draft guys, they normally draft guys in their early 20s in the first round. They normally get they, they normally get guys for their upside, all those types of things. Nothing else was matter there. But. I will say this. I tweeted this out and people kind of kind of like shamed it a little bit, um, you know, on Monday. But on Monday when we were asking Mike Tomlin and Kevin Culver, I believe it was a Didi King Kabbalah, he, she asked Mike Tomlin, what do you value about the most about quarterback? What's the one thing that you pinpointed? At first, Mike Tomlin was like, yeah, it's, it's, I'm not answering that question. Nobody knows. But then he was like, you know what? Competitive toughness. All, you know, the, the willingness to run into battle and not away from it or one, run to adversity and not away from it. And of, a lot, of course, you kind of roll your eyes and be like, okay, Mike, we get it. You can say that about every single position. But I tweeted out, I'm like, that's a Kenny Pickett trait. Because if you don't know anything about Kenny Pickett, let me tell you, outside, we'll get to his arm strength, we'll get to his accuracy and all those things in a minute here. But the one thing that I have seen about Kenny Pickett, and I've covered him for two years now covering the Pitt football team at DK Pittsburgh Sports. I've seen him up close and personal. I've talked to him. This is a dude who, when it's all on the line, he wants to be the guy. When it's when it's when it's about to when it's going down, he finds a way to make it happen. Or if he doesn't, you know that he threw everything out there for you. Kenny Pickett's a guy who I've, I've seen when he doesn't have the angle when like there was a play against Clemson this past year where it's third and seven, all his guys downfield are covered. He breaks to the other side of the field. There's a linebacker and a safety, both who have the angle to get him. Somehow he found a way to beat their angle, dove with the ball out in one hand, got the first down so that Pitt could help run out the clock. And then he ran for another first down three plays later to clinch the game. This is a guy who, who embodies the the classic traits that you want in a quarterback as far as 
your personality. He's a leader. He's very humble all season long. I'll tell you when Pitt went on this crazy run, if, if you're not a Pitt fan, if you don't know about Pitt football, Pitt football has been in a kind of mediocre state for the longest time. And they're not exactly out of it, but they had their first 11 win season since 1981. And it was mostly because of Kenny Pickett. Jordan Addison in the defense also played a role, but Kenny Pickett was the third. There was a reason he was the third leading vote, vote getter at, in the Heisman Trophy voting. And a big part of it was just how he played all season long. You saw him carrying carrying Pitt for a, for a lot of those games. And I'm telling you, when when I would talk to him after these games, when all the reporters, anyone who asked you, he, he, he wouldn't play it up. He wouldn't be like, yeah, I'm the man. He wouldn't do things like wear shades on a podcast. Um, he would he would just say like, you know what? Uh, my guys did a great job, but I, I can't really spend too much time worrying about this. I got a game next week to, to prepare for. That's the kind of approach that he gave all the time, and it became infectious in the pit locker room. It was something that came out, and, and I, I saw everybody start to adopt it. And Not that Pat Narduzzi hadn't already done a decent job of that at Pitt, but it got even crazy. It got even like more infectious as last season went went along. He was the guy that really pushed Pitt to their first ever ACC championship. That's the guy that that the that the Pittsburgh Steelers got in the NFL draft. Now, looking at this from a talent standpoint, there are obvious drawbacks. And I know a lot of people are like, what the heck, Chris? Because you weren't talking about Kenny Pickett this whole time. And I wasn't. Again, I didn't think that they were going to take him. I, I love Kenny Pickett as a person. As a, as a leader, as a guy who sees the field, and as an accurate passer. Those are all really good traits to have for a quarterback. But I truly wonder what is his ceiling because if you study his tape, you know on a lot of those deep balls, and I don't mean 20 and 30 yards. No, those are – I'm talking about the 40, 45, 50-yard passes that when Jordan Addison, who was the best receiver in college football last year – when the when when he broke wide open, what happened with those passes? The majority of them would hang in the air, fall a little bit short, and Jordan Addison would have to come back to him. And a lot of times it worked out because in college you can be college open and defensive backs don't make as many plays. But as I've said a lot of times when talking about this very issue, that's not going to fly in the NFL. The defensive backs in the NFL are faster, quicker, smarter. They pick up more and more things with film. They're gonna they're they're gonna pick that apart if that if that happens. Now here's the thing: the Steelers might not be asking Kenny Pickett to throw 50 yard bombs a lot. It may be like, hey man, when you get out there, and we'll get to if he gets out there this year in, in, in the second segment. When you get out there, we want you to make smart reads, keep the short intermediate passing, use your legs because he is a mobile guy. He wasn't afraid of contact. He was able to fight through tough plays. Those are the things the Steelers might ask of him to limit him having to throw the ball very deep down the field. And I, again, he can hit 20, 30 yard passes, no problem. I've seen him throw some strikes on, on, on that. But when you start when you start getting to the super bombs and you look at the Steelers, the Steelers wide receivers, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, both are guys that can get open downfield. And you think about back in the days of Ben Roethlisberger, not even the old Ben, not even like the, the younger Ben Roethlisberger in the early 2010s or the late 2000s, but even five years ago when Juju Smith-Schuster would, would, would get open, wide open downfield, or Martavis Bryant or Antonio Brown, they'd all be flying all over the place, and Ben could get the ball from the from the from the the back of the, from his own end zone to the 50 yard line. Now he's, he just he still had that cannon in him. Kenny Pickett don't have that. 
and the small hands thing is a thing is, is a thing that people talk about. Um, he's not the fastest, but he has all of the traits, and the guy is a winner. The guy is a fighter, and the guy is a warrior. Pittsburgh, that is who is staying with you because he was your quarterback for your college team in, in the in, at the University of Pittsburgh for the past five years. Now he's your quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But will he beat out Mitch Trubisky in camp? That is a big question. I know some people might be saying, oh, it's still Mitch Trubisky's job. Eh, I'm going to get to that in just a little bit here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. We got we still got a lot to talk about and, of course, round two topics to talk about. But first, we got to talk to you guys, of course, about Shady Rays. I'm going to put these back on so you can see them bow. Now, remember, Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses well-constructed durable frames and premium high-end finish is also something you won't find anywhere else is shady rays insane protection program shady rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair they will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened give them a try and if you don't love them you'll pay nothing it's as simple as that plus 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in america when you shop with shady rays exclusively for our listeners head to shadyrays.com and use promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d Oh, and locked on, and you'll get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses when you go to shadyrays.com. Again, that's promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, for their best deal of the season, getting 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses, backed by over 150,000 verified five star reviews. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. No two glasses this time. Um, but let's keep it rolling here on Kenny Pickett because we do need to look at the measurables. Now, one thing that I do like about Kenny Pickett, he's six foot three. I, I personally, I prefer if if, if I'm going to have a quarterback, if I'm going to be a guy, can't be in this in the six in the in the five ten five eleven range. I want you to be at least six foot six one six one. Uh, but when you get to six three, that's that's good quarterback height. So you you like that about him. And I broke down film on Kenny Pickett. We were not allowed to do film on this channel because of rules. But um, I can tell you, I broke it down for DK Pittsburgh Sports in a Carter's classroom, talking about the things that the Steelers chose him for. And I'm telling you, his accuracy on top of the leadership component and the likability component. I mean, uh, one more aspect on the likability component here. I know, I know I've been talking about it, but. After after a lot of home games, Pitt would have a have a have a, a special kid. Be, be sitting there that, that was that was either make a wish or just a kid they wanted to honor or a kid that won a contest or really or, or really was a big pit fan that they were bringing there as their honorary captain he would often or he or she would often sit in the pit media room after while, while we were interviewing kenny pickett and after he'd finished talking to us with the media he'd step down from the podium walk right up to the kids shake their hand and sit down and was like hey i didn't want to talk to those guys i wanted you to ask questions and he would just find a way to connect to kids so immediately and so well if you don't know about it look up his nil work the, the, the work that he's done that's benefiting the communities in pittsburgh he does amazing stuff and again college guy he'll, he'll be he'll, he's 23 years old will be 24 years old at the start of the season now again Let's get back to the actual on-field tape. This is a guy, when I studied all the quarterbacks in this class, to me, Kenny Pickett was the best at reading defenses, understanding what coverages were trying to beat him into doing, and taking advantage of them. And, and then there were plenty of times he did mess up. He threw seven interceptions, but he threw 42 touchdowns. He broke 
Dan Reno's single season or excuse uh, his touchdown record, his yards, the yards records, um, career yards, career touchdowns, all those things. He shattered at Pitt. He just blew, blew out the water. Now, granted, career-wise, he had five years to do it. And really, well, it was four and a quarter because he started only the last part of his freshman year. Um, but this this was the guy, Kenny Pickett, who he maximized who he was. And I think that's part of what the Steelers want. It's not just the the raw, like, okay, his arm strength is, isn't, isn't the best of this class or he's not the fastest of this class. It, it's not all about that. It's about what they saw on the field, what they saw him, how they saw him compete. And they got to see him every day for years. I mean, I remember just a few years ago when I started covering Pitt, coming out of the 2019 season, going into 2020. You know, there was excitement for Kenny Pickett being a better quarterback, but still being a mediocre quarterback in the ACC, not being a star. But he continued to fight. He continued to get better. And in 2021, when it just clicked for Pitt's receivers and they stopped dropping a bunch of passes, it blew up for Kenny Pickett. And he was able to take take advantage of a lot of different things. Um I think one thing that people need to need to look at with this Mitch Trubisky situation, also poor Mason Rudolph. This guy a few months ago thought, "Oh, it's my turn. I'm the guy." And then they signed Mason. They signed Mitch Trubisky, and now they've drafted Kenny Pickett. And Mason Rudolph stands almost no chance of getting that st- that's that starting job now. So really, it does come down to me to Mitch Trubisky versus Kenny Pickett, the experienced NFL player versus the rookie. Um, but I'll say this. I think Mitch Trubisky might have the arm strength advantage, but if Mitch Trubisky can't show the ability to read defenses, to to show how compatible and how ready he is to go in and fight every game with the Steelers playbook and Kenny Pickett does pick up on that really quickly, that could be interesting. Kenny Pickett even brought up in his first media uh, session talking to the Steelers reporters about how Matt Canada, the current Steelers offense, offensive coordinator, he was the offensive coordinator for Pitt who helped, recru- who helped recruit Kenny Pickett to Pitt. And they never really got the chance to work too much together, but he was the guy at the time. And truly it was Tim Salem, the tight end coach, who went out and got Kenny Pickett. But Matt Canada was, 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 it was, among, was among those talks. But Matt Canada's system – I think it's built for a Kenny Pickett type of quarterback. You know, you're not you're not expecting a guy to, to throw the ball around like Patrick Mahomes, but you're expecting them to move on the run. You're expecting them to kind of be able to roll to the right, read the defense, have three reads, and if it's not there, take off and see what you can get and protect yourself. And Kenny Pickett did a lot of that this past year, where he would where Pitt would put him in really good situations, give him a few options, and he would go through his progressions. And this, to me, was the biggest difference between him and Malik Willis. Whenever you you looked at Malik Willis, and I broke this down in film as well, Malik Willis, there were times where he would look off a of safety. There were times when he would process the field and he would go through his reads, but it wasn't consistent. A lot of times when he locked onto a receiver, that's who he was going with, and that and that was just based off his pre pre snap read. And there are you can grow past that, but Kenny Pickett already has grown past that and he's older there, there's no doubt about that he's had you know Malik Willis only had two years of starting experience in the in NCAA and they were at Liberty not a power five school Kenny Pickett you know started got, got starts at the end of his freshman year got an extra year because of the COVID waiver because COVID kind of wiped out the 2020 seasons of eligibility so he got to come back to Pitt and prove himself uh in 2021 um but I mean he made the most of it 
And certainly you could say that that Pickett's had more time to develop those things, but he's developed them and he's developed them, I'd say, at an advanced level for college football. Again, when I was breaking down film the, the in the Clemson game, which is one of the best games to watch, if you want a game to watch, if you're if you're a, a film nerd or a Steelers junkie and you need to just see Kenny Pickett and not just highlights, watch the entirety of the Clemson game. I'd say the Clemson game, the Virginia game. UNC was pretty good in the ACC championship. You know, everyone's going to look up the quarterback slide or the fake slide, excuse me. Uh, and the fake slide was amazing. I was there for that when that happened in Charlotte. I'm still am mind blown by the fact that that happened. But what to me was the most important, impressive part of Kenny Pickett was how when he would when he would be on the field, I'd see Clemson. They'd show cover two and then they'd go cover three, and you you wouldn't see Kenny Pickett panic. He'd be like, "Okay, fake here." go here and he he would be able to he'd be able to see we're going to the seams or oh you know what the sidelines open over here because I'm whole, I've held this guy this intermediate uh zone defender in the middle of the field long enough my guy who's doing a comeback round on the sidelines open he would process those things so well and that's something that it took years for Ben Roethlisberger to even get I mean, people forget when Ben Roethlisberger got to the Steelers, he was very much just a gunslinger pre-snap. If it was there, he slung it. And because he was so big and his arm was so powerful, it would work. And the Steelers didn't depend on him to be some supreme quarterback in the early years. He was more so the guy that got the job done in the clutch moments with his big arm and his big leg, and he rose up to the occasion. Kenny Pickett, I think, is at a better point of processing the field than Ben Roethlisberger was as a rookie. Now, granted, he don't got Ben's arm strength. He don't got Ben's size. He don't got a lot of things that Ben don't got. But processing the field is a big deal for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think in Matt Canada's system, he's going to have a quarterback who can who can be not be afraid to check it down in, in the right moments, but also be able to hit the spots down the field when they scheme open guys to be over deep down the field. And I know some people are going to say, no one's ever opened Matt Canada's offense. Yes, they were. Go watch the All-22. There were guys getting open downfield. Ben just couldn't hit them at this stage. I really, I've always, I was, I wondered all season long, what would a young Ben Roethlisberger do with a Matt Canada offense? Because there were some intriguing things, concepts that they were pulling off. Ben just couldn't do them last year. He's just his his arm was shot and toast. I think Kenny Pickett. Again, he's not the fifty-yard bomb guy, but 25, 30, 35 yards. He can hit those, and he can hit those in stride. He can hit those on the run. Now, again, he still has to shore things up. He has to make sure to continue improving his footwork. But of all the guys in this class, that's he's the best at that. He's the best at technique. He's the best at throwing motion. He's the best at accuracy. He's the best at leadership, in my opinion, just from the stories that I've heard about each and every different player. And he's the best at seeing the field and processing defenses, which to me, those are very important traits. Lewis Riddick said, said a long time, not a long time, a few months ago before the draft process even really got going for a lot, for a lot of the media in the NFL, he called out, he said, you know what, Kenny Pickett's going to be important because he's accurate. He can, he, he can be, he can be mobile and he reads defenses better than anybody else. And he said, those are your best traits that you want in a quarterback in today's NFL. That's why he said Mac Jones was the first quarterback off the board this year. And lo and behold, Lewis Riddick called it again. Kenny Pickett's the first quarterback off the board this year. So big stuff all around. We will continue to be breaking down Kenny Pickett things, items. Remember, if you want to get your question in, um, you can you can absolutely do that by calling 412-223-6644 um, is our call-in line. If you want to get questions in on Kenny Pickett, on the Steelers, what they should do after that. We do have questions that were called in. I was going to 
used them in. I did like a pre-draft show, but we had so many questions on the, on the live version of it that I had to address those. Um, and I wanted to take this show just to break things down for the rest of the weekend as the last like full episode before Monday so that you had something going into the weekend. You knew what to look for on day two with this Friday picks um, with the second and third round pick. And then, of course, day three uh, with who they'll be rounding up with, with the fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh rounds. So we'll be talking more about who is still available, who could they still get in just a minute here. But first, we got to talk to you guys about Built Bar. Y'all know what time it is. It's almost May, and you're trying to get ready for the summer. You're trying to get your best you, your best version, your best body, and what you need to help get something to keep you on your diet. And Built Bar is the right trick for you because Built Bars are, are, are protein bars that taste like candy bars covered in 100% real chocolate they're they're great they help you out and if you haven't tried the new puff flavors they're also amazing too because they're the first ever protein infused marshmallows they're fluffy marshmallowy and they th and they th and they're not just a protein bar they're a treat they're covered in 100 real chocolate and there's so many different uh puff bar flavors like cinnamon cinnamon churro coconut marshmallow banana cream pie and many more that are being released all the time also built bars are covered in 100 real chocolate all around if you want a regular built bar they're amazing too and they come in so many different flavors but remember every single built bar is going to be low in calories but high in protein the average built bar 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs 17 grams of protein the average candy bar 240 calories 30 grams of sugar dozens of net carbs it makes the, uh, the the choice obvious and there's so many flavors to choose from between double chocolate coconut almond peanut butter brownie raspberry cookies and cream to salted caramel, mint brownie, all those flavors and many more being released every single month on Built.com. So go to Built.com, order Built Bars to get, come right to your door, help you with your diet. And when you do, be sure to use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15. And you'll get 15% off your next order when you get Built Bars from Built.com. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Now, we've talked a lot about Kenny Pickett. You got my opinion on him. Again, I don't think he's the home run pick. Uh, again, the home run pick would have been to get Jordan Davis or Kyle Hamilton um, or one of those top corners. They didn't do that. We'll see how that plays out. Jordan Davis worked out, went to the Eagles, so he's not in the division. But Kyle Hamilton to the Ravens, ooh, that stings. And Tyler Linderbaum goes first round to the Ravens. Uh, after the Steelers pick, that could be an interesting what if situation. If Tyler Linderbaum does work out, uh, he was the guy that was presumably the top center in the draft, but his short arms and lack of bench press strength and lack of uh, strength at the point of attack on tape kind of pushed him down a little bit out of the Steelers, uh, you know, kind of sights. So we'll see if that comes back to bite the Steelers. But enough about the first round. The first round is over. It's time for the second and third round. Let's look at the best excuse me, best players still available in this NFL draft. Now, surprises that, that guys are still there. N'Kobe Dean, the linebacker out of Georgia, the main linebacker out of, out of out of Georgia. Quay Walker was actually the first one off the board as far as when it came to Georgia linebackers. And there was rumors that that could happen because his size and his measurables are, are better. N'Kobe Dean built a lot like Devin Bush, you know, around 230, 5'11", 
those that that's the size you want him to be a little bit bigger to to play linebacker but the guy's a leader the guy's a, the guy's a dog I'm, I think that he's going to be an interesting prospect to see where he goes. I don't think he falls to the Steelers, nor do I think they take him unless he does fall away to 52, and that would be crazy. And then it'd be like, man, it's tough to pass up a guy like that. Um, okay, guys the Steelers, I think, would 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 have no chance of getting. N'Kobe Dean, Andrew Ruth Jr., he'll be gone. Um, I think uh, Kyler Gordon, the other Washington the defensive back I told you about, he'll be gone. Um, Christian Watson and Sky Moore, those are the top wide receivers I think that are still on, on the board right now uh, in my, in, by my estimate, I like sky. I like both of them. I think sky Moore would be a great addition and also a, another hometown connection being from here. But I, I don't know if either of them last there. I do wonder if Travis Jones falls because defensive tackle can be a very tricky position to draft. I do think there are teams out there though, but there's also still Logan Hall still on the board. Would teams prefer Logan Hall? to a Travis Jones. There's also still Perry on Winfrey from Oklahoma. Be intrigued to see where he goes. So then you get further down the list and you start getting into the range where the Steelers will, will pick at 52 unless they trade up. Now, they don't have to trade up for a quarterback. That's off the board. They took care of that with Kenny Pickett. Who are guys that they could be looking at? Like I said, Perry on Winfrey, defensive tackle out of Oklahoma, could be an interesting addition to the defensive line. Roger McQuarrie, I've been talking about. The Steelers still need a CB1 for their secondary. That could be a play there. Again, Travis Jones would be, I think, your ideal pick. If you could if you could pick one guy out of this group, I think Travis Jones would be a heck of an addition to a position that you need, a young, a young stud added into the interior defensive line to learn from Cam Hayward, to learn from Stephon Tewitt if he's back, um, and become a, an earlier part of that rotation. But again, wide receiver is the trick there. Is John Mechie III, wide receiver out of Alabama, is he a guy? Who's who's in play there? That's another that's another major question. Uh, George Pickens still around. That's kind of a reasonable pick there. I also look at Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. I really like Alec Pierce. I think that he has the measurables to, to line up and be a superstar wide receiver. Um, DeMarvin Leal, a defensive end who could also play defensive tackle. He could be one of those, those flex guys on the front. Jaquan Brisker is still available. If the Steelers wanted to go get that safety that I was talking about, who could make that three safety set with Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds, that's still available. Offensive linemen like Nicholas Petit-Frere are available from Ohio State, Leo Chanel, Leo Chanel and Chad Muma, they've been my my second round linebackers that I really, really like. And if they fall to the third, I love them. Um, even though the Steelers do have Devin Bush and Miles Jack, and you presume those guys are your starters, Leo Chanel, Chad Muma, ooh, they're measurables and how they how they how they measure. Oh, you, you kind of just you just want it. But do the Steelers need that? That's a that's a good question. Uh, there's also Tony Anderson. Uh, his his measurables and his numbers were crazy. Um, and then you start looking at the fringe second round picks, the guys that'll probably fall out of it. Um, Calvin Austin the third, does he jump jump up? One dot one Dale Robinson from Kentucky, does he jump up? Both of them wide receivers, both of them athletic guys. Um, I love one Dale Robinson's uh, hands. I think that he he could be a guy that really worked that really works out for the Steelers. Um, but it's just a question. Where do they get their receivers? Because you know they're picking one. I think that they're picking two. Um, and when do they go offensive line? Another big question. I because I do think they're adding to that at some point. And does defense what becomes the priority? Defensive tackle, cornerback, safety. Again, this is why Kevin Colbert made sure in, in free agency to go get, hey, 
Terrell Evans, you're starting strong safety. Hey, Akella Witherspoon, Levi Wallace, and Cam Sutton, all of you guys, you're the starting cornerbacks. We aren't, we're not worried about that if we if we don't get the guy. Uh, they go get Miles Jackson. They don't have to draft an inside linebacker early on. Um, they kept Kumo Core Force. The offensive tackle wasn't a priority. You'd like to upgrade there, but it wasn't a priority to do that. James Daniels, same thing with interior offensive line. Mason Cole to help with there as well. Steelers could can go even in even more directions now with day two. So those are your those are your second round picks that I, I'd, I'd be looking at when you start getting to that third round. Start, it gets even trickier to track here because then it just depends on who goes what and who goes where. Again, or, excuse me, Troy Anderson, not Tony Anderson, I'm with Montana State, another linebacker that they could be looking at. Uh, you know, I, I think that they could also be looking at the running back position. I talked about this with Tony James Cook of Georgia makes a lot of sense. Not in the second round. Probably not in the third round, maybe preferably in the fourth round. But, man, getting a, a talented back to kind of pair with Najee Harris to make life easy for your quarterbacks, that could be very interesting to, uh, to, go, to go that way. Um, if you feel like you're not satisfied in the interior offensive line, Dylan Parham out of Memphis, he could be a guy that, that, that could be there to help at guard. Um, you know, other other cornerbacks that could work at Jalen Armour Davis of Alabama. That could be a guy that sits there. Oh, another wide receiver, Velas Jones Jr. He could be there. Brian Asamoah is a linebacker who could be there. There's a lot of different guys that I could see being there. So let me know who do you think want the Steelers to pick on, on, on day two. There's, there's a lot of different options. If you're watching this video on YouTube, go in the comment section. Tell me what you're thinking. If you're, if you're, if you're not on watching this on YouTube, if you're listening, hit me up on Twitter at Carter critiques. You see it, you see my handle below. Let me know what you're thinking, what you want, what you want the Steelers to do on day two. And also let me know what you feel about Kenny Pickett y'all, because that's a, that's a huge move. And Kenny Pickett's a guy, he's in a position now to be the next potential franchise quarterback for your Pittsburgh Steelers. They've really only had two in, 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 in the franchise history with Bradshaw and, and, uh, and Ben Roethlisberger. If they get, if they get it right with their first attempt at it in the post Ben Roethlisberger era, it would mean a lot. I also think that if Kenny Pickett were to work out with this way the defense is built, and he, if he becomes a playmaker for the team and they're, and they're not paying him a whole lot of money, there's a real chance over the next four or five years for the Steelers to be serious contenders moving forward. Keep an eye on that. Again, we'll be looking at guys available like Zion McCollum and Marcus Jones, two other cornerbacks I think that they could be looking at on day two. Um, that would be really helpful. All those guys available will keep you posted on what happens here in the Lockdown NFL, Lockdown Steelers podcast. Excuse me. I'm on too many shows. I've been I've been going. It's 6, 10 in the morning now as I'm recording this. Um, but thanks again for checking me out on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Follow this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. If you're watching this video, like it. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our breaking news updates and our bonus episodes when we release them. Check out the Locked On NFL channel, too. They're going to have a lot of great content all around the league, breaking things down on how this NFL draft is going. I'll have breaking news, breaking news episodes coming to this YouTube channel. I'll try to put them on our audio platform as well to keep you updated with the picks, but we won't have another full episode until Monday. Thank goodness. I'm going to need a break at some point when this is over. But again, thanks for checking out the show. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back on your screens and in your ears very soon, letting you know who was the Steelers' second round pick.